This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. And, oh, man, what a show we have lined up for you today. In the words, in the immortal words of Isaiah Thomas, I think it was 2004, welcome to the playoffs. Welcome to the playoffs. Hopefully, the Giants stay in the playoffs. will be far longer than that Knicks team. I think they got swept. <laughs> wasn't that the year they got swept by the, the Nets in four games? But yes, it is wild card weekend. The excitement for the playoffs is here. Big weekend. And really, these weekends are starting to dwindle down. Like after this weekend, we have what? Like seven games left, right? In the NFL playoffs. That's it. Seven games after this weekend. But this weekend, you got to live in the moment, right? You can't, you can't be looking forward. You can't be looking back. This is the weekend to do it. So we got to enjoy it while we can. Of course, we'll have a full you know, like NFL show lined up for today. All the different matchups, the games today, the games tomorrow, the the, the game on Monday night as well. Uh, but look, it's Giants-Vikings, right? This is what you've been waiting for. This is what you've been looking forward to. And of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. You can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. You can find me on TikTok at Old Man Radio. But most importantly, you can find me on your radio right here until 6.30 tonight, Islanders and Canadians pregame. But of course... We will have our NFL picks for the weekend. What NFL picks you have? You might ask. The most accurate NFL picks of any host on this entire station. So we'll do that at 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock. You know what that means on a Saturday. It is what I've learned on TikTok this week. Both uh, Jacob and Chantel going to be in the hot seat again today. So, look, we got so much to get into. The Knicks win last night. Another blown lead, but another win. You can't complain about blown leads if they're winning games. Uh, since we were here on the last Saturday, the Carlos Correa thing finally had a resolution and uh, have some thoughts on that. Have some other NFL talk stuff, you know, the Justin Fields trade rumors. I got a rant about my miserable football team who can just consist. They can ruin everything. They are a toxic personality. But we'll save that for a little bit later. Let's start with the Giants because, as I said, their time is here. This is their stage. And for all the great games that you're kind of hoping for in wildcard weekend with just a smorgasbord of games, Giants-Vikings might very well be the game of the weekend. It's not like you have all that many possibilities, right? Like, I think the Chargers-Jags, I think that's going to be a competitive game, but I, I don't really have a whole lot of hope for the, the Niners and Seahawks. I might have a little earlier in the week when the reports were it was going to be rainy and cold and windy and all that type of stuff, but it looks like from the pictures I've seen today and the video I've seen today, it looks pretty nice out in San Francisco, so it's kind of hard to, to look at Seahawks and Niners and think to yourself, oh boy, that's going to be a super competitive game. Uh, you got the Chargers-Jaguars today, you got the Giants and Vikings tomorrow, and then you have the Cowboys-Bucks Monday night. But that's pretty much it in terms of competitive games. Like, I don't expect Seahawks-Niners to be competitive. I don't really expect Ravens-Bengals to be that competitive. And I certainly don't think the Dolphins build. Let me put it this way. If the Dolphins were to beat the Bills, it w- you'd have to say that would be the greatest upset in the history of the NFL playoffs. I'm sorry, Jets Super Bowl three would have to move over. Winning with a third-string quarterback on the road against the team that could very well have been the number one seed. Uh, I'm sorry, that would have to, a 13 and a half point underdog, I'm sorry. In this day and age, 
that would have to be the greatest upset in the history of the NFL playoffs. But look, Giants-Vikings should be fantastic. And what's great about this is not just that the Giants are here and, and the excitement of playing a playoff game, it really doesn't feel like the, the end of the run for the Giants. Now, look, it's one game. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. Giants did play the Vikings less than a month ago, and they did lose that game. I think sometimes we kind of forget that. But it really feels like the Giants are going to go and win this game. Because here's the thing. More so than anything, I can say this as an outsider because I'm not a Giant fan. God loves the Giants. I don't know how. I don't know why. I don't know how. But the, God loves the Giants. Things always kind of work out for the Giants. And I know you can say, oh, wow. But Gordon, last five years, it's been brutal. Five years. Five years for a team to struggle. That's the blink of an eye. That's not. Go ask Jet fans about five years. Go ask Brown fans about five years. Go ask a team that has really been down for a while. Five years? That goes by like that. Snap of a finger. So God loves the Giants. They got perhaps the best opponent, right? Like if you have to play on the road in this year's playoffs, who do you want to play? Do you want to play the Niners? I don't. Do you want Forget about even conference. You want to go play the Bengals? I don't. You want to go play the Bills? No. Vikings? There you go. I'll take them. Because if you can't win the division and you have to go on the road, the Vikings are the team that you would want to play. Because, I mean, let's be honest. We all pointed it out all season long. Vikings are kind of a fraud team. You should have beaten them the first time. They are a beatable team. They have a defense that is not very good. It's a defense that you can move the ball up and down the field. Now, we saw that in the first game. They have a quarterback that really nobody believes in. You're, you're pretty much 100% healthy. And we'd have to be honest. Like, have you heard anybody this week say that the Giants are going to lose this game? That they expect the Giants? Everyone I hear is picking the Giants. Everyone I've heard from, from, from fans, which you would expect, from not even Giant fans, from media, from local media to national, everyone I see, everywhere I go, everybody's picking the Giants. Now, partly I think that is a residue of the Giants season, but I think it's mostly because the, nobody believes in the Vikings. So you're playing a team that you almost beat a month ago, and again, again, keep in mind, you lost that game on a 61-yard field goal. You were down 10-0 almost right away. You were down 8 in the fourth quarter. And you still, you know, lost it on, I can't even say a makeable field, but he made the field goal, 61-yard field goal. Unbelievable. A game that very well could have went to overtime. Who knows how that plays out. So you could not ask for a better spot for the Giants. So a question that has kind of come up this week is, is this game kind of like house money for the Giants, right? After the season that they had, the miraculous season that they've had, a season that nobody, and even the most optimistic Giant fans, would not have said before the season that I expect them to, you know, go to the playoffs and, and very, you know, very possibly even win a playoff. Run. And here's the thing. If you could find somebody who said that, I'm, I'm betting that those people say that every single year. They always think that they're going to be, oh, no, you know what I think? They're going to be better than, no. So nobody who is, 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 is living here on planet Earth thought that the Giants were going to have this kind of season. And even if they were to go out tomorrow and lose the game, you would be disappointed. It would be, you know, it, it would be tough to take because you do feel like this is a winnable game and not knowing how the game plays out, you would be disappointed. There's no question about it. But there's no, almost no scenario 
that the Giants go, and if even if they were to lose the game tomorrow, where you would look back and say, ah, season was a waste. Ah, this season was a huge, you know, failure, disappointment, any of that. So the question is, is this house money for the Giants? And the thing is, no, of course not. <laughs> it, can't, it can't be house money if everybody expects you to win. You're going up against a team that's very beatable. And, and the main thing is there are no house money games in the playoffs. But you would have to say this is about as close as you will ever get. This is about as close as any team will ever get. For the Giants to do this, not just do it, but do it in year one. After taking over you know, the, the new regime coming in and, and not really making any significant changes, that when you do that in year one, however it ends, you immediately are going to think back, well, you know, A, we never expected to be here. And more importantly, you're going to automatically start thinking ahead. You're already going to start to envision where you're going. Hey, if we could do this in year one, Think about what we can do when we can actually make some changes, right? Like outside of the draft last year, Giants' hands were kind of tied. So, yeah, no, this is it's not a it's not a house money kind of game, but it's about as close as you could really ever have. And the only reason why it's not even closer is because, again, is there anyone anywhere who does not expect? Well, let's put it this way: even if you don't think the Giants are going to win the game, everybody expects that this is going to be a close game. It's going to go down to the wire because that's what the Giants play. That's what the Vikings play. Now, the Vikings have done an amazing job of being able to pull out these games. They win the close ones or they just get you know, destroyed. They get blown out. And whenever the Vikings do exit the playoffs, it'll almost certainly come as a blowout. And I don't expect that the Giants are going to be able to do that. Tomorrow. You know, Giants are not generally a team that blows you out. They're a team that keeps the games close, makes an adjustment or two at halftime, and then in the fourth quarter, they out-execute the other team. That's how, that's their, that has been their, uh, their game plan all season long, and it's worked pretty well. So that's kind of what I would expect tomorrow. And I do expect that the Giants are going to be able to go in there and, and be able to out-execute the Vikings down the stretch of games. Again, it's hard to have a lot of confidence, even in a team at home, even with a team that when you take a look at the skill positions, right? You look, you look at the names on both sides, you know, between the Giants and the Vikings. The, the Vikings have, you know, a lot of, you know, Justin Jefferson, obviously. Thalen's a big a big-time player. Dalvin Cook is a good player. Uh, Hawkinson has been very good, certainly was was huge the last time you played. And, you know, Giants, I mean, throughout the course of the season, a lot of times we were finding out who's on the team. Who's this guy? Who's that guy, right? Outside of, outside of um, you know, maybe Bellinger at the beginning of the year or Saquon, obviously, or Daniel Jones. So you take a look at the stars on either side, you would say, well, look, the, the Vikings – but they have a terrible defense, a defense that you can move the ball at will against, a team that is, is, is not very good on that side of the ball, and an offense led by a quarterback nobody believes in. And it's a team that it seems like nobody believes in. So the Giants have had this miracle season, and I don't see any reason why it's going to end tomorrow. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. So Giant fans, get on board we got a lot to break down about this game. If you're, look, there are no negatives about this giant season. There are no negatives. No matter how the game ends tomorrow, unless they lose like 500 to nothing and Daniel Jones throws seven interceptions, which you don't expect to happen. But no matter how the game ends tomorrow, short of something like that, losing by 100 points, there are no negatives about this giant season. The, well, the only one negative about this season would be something moving forward, and we'll get into that coming up. 
You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Boy, another another great trade for an Oakland A's pitcher, huh? Those always work out fantastic. Got to keep, got to, you know what? Next time, I'm sure next time the Yankees trade for another Oakland A's pitcher, I'm sure then that's the time it'll work out uh, much better. It's not like it's a high bar to clear. <laughs> Doesn't have much to do to be uh, uh, the best trade they've ever made with the Oakland A's for a pitcher. That's for sure. Uh, it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. All right, so a couple things about the Giants game in, in terms of this game. Is, is, and it seems pretty clear to me it, it's going to be one of the best games of the weekend. I mean, that's the way everybody kind of expects it to be, and, and certainly for Giant fans, they're expecting a win, and that automatically makes it the best. If it's 50 to nothing, Giants is going to be the best game uh, of the weekend. The two areas where I think are, are critical here. A, obviously... The Vikings' offensive line is still very banged up. They lost their right tackle for the season. Their center is coming back, but it's been off for the last five or six weeks. To me, that's where it starts on the defensive side of things because uh, in the first matchup, Cousins was able to move the ball. You did get after him some. I think they sacked him three or four times in that game. I think that the defense has to make this game about Kirk Cousins and allowing him to make the mistake. Turnovers... They almost always tell you the tale in these games. And in the first matchup, you had the Jones interception. Uh, you had, I think Jones fumbled once but got it back. There was another fumble in the game as well. So obviously they got to clean that part of the game up. But this is a classic case to me of like, if you're a team, do you stick to what your strengths are or do you attack what the weaknesses of the other team are? Because, you know, in terms of, of their, the, the, the Vikings' defense um, and that first matchup, Giants, I mean, they threw the ball left and right. That's for sure, right? I think Jones threw the ball 42 times in that game, had over 300 yards passing. Richie James had a big day. Uh, Slayton had some big catches. Saquon had a bunch of catches in that game as well. Uh, to me, this time around, I feel like the Giants cannot get too pass happy. Because I still think you can attack the, the Vikings, and you take a look at the stats this year, you can still attack the Vikings on the ground. And unfortunately, a lot of these teams, you take a look at the, what the weakness of the team is, and, and you're sure, you want to attack that. But I do think that you have to kind of stick to your strengths as well. And you take a look at that first matchup. Saquon was effective on the ground. He had the one big run, obviously, for, for the touchdown. I think it was like 25 yards. But I think that that's an area where the Giants can still very much attack this uh, this Vikings defense, which, again, they moved the ball up and down on them in the first matchup, so it's kind of hard to, to criticize the passing attack too much. And, and jo- it wasn't like Jones threw the ball, you know, 42 times and only completed like 20 of them. No, I mean, he, had, he was very efficient that day. But I just look at how d- what's the difference between these two teams in the first matchup? It was turnovers, and I just don't think you can allow that to be part of it this time. Now, I'm not saying you have to run, you know, you're not running the ball every single play, but I do think there has to be a little bit more balance this time around and that the Giants kind of have to stick, stick to their strengths more uh, than trying to attack what the, the Vikings' weakness is. So um, that's the one thing I would say about this game. And, and look, turnovers are always a key. Um, I would like it to be a focus of, of, on Kirk Cousins because, again, like you go find, even people who think that the Vikings might win the game, I don't think that there's a high level of confidence in Kirk Cousins all of a sudden uh, replicating what he did in this first matchup where he threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns and no picks and all that type of stuff. You have to make the game about him. Uh, and I think if you do, if you can get pressure and that kind of lo- that plays into what the, the strength of the Giants is, that defensive line, 
going after the quarterback. They did that in the first matchup. You'd like to think, you know, this is a big moment. Kayvon Thibodeau is talking to He's a big-time player, big-moment player. This is a big moment. So uh, you would like to think that, especially with the banged-up offensive line of the Minnesota Vikings, that they'll be able to do that. And, uh, and, and that's a big area for attack. Now, the other thing that I mentioned there before, like, there's no way that this season ends for the Giants tomorrow. If it ends tomorrow, if it were to end tomorrow, there's no way that the season ends tomorrow and this season is, is a failure or anything like that. This season has been a godsend. Uh, it's been a miracle season that things have just kind of worked out for the Giants, even when they went through the slump, right? They, just when it started to look like, oh, the playoffs are no foregone conclusion, they come up with a win in, in Washington and, and things work out for the Giants. Amazing how that works. The only negative that you could say, and it has nothing to do with tomorrow, is that however the season ends, it just raises the bar for next year. And we've seen this, you know, with the Knicks that first year with Tom Thibodeau. When you make the playoffs right away, it's great. I mean, when you have that immediate success, that's fantastic for the, for the direction of your organization, especially when you haven't had any uh, time lately. But next year, the floor is this year's ceiling. Like this year, you know, if the Giants win tomorrow, whatever, win a playoff game, make the playoffs, that's a pretty good ceiling. And next year, that, they have to match that. And, and throughout the course of the season, I think that, that Brian Dable has showed you what kind of coach he is. I think he should be the NFL coach of the year. But now the offseason is going to be about Joe Shane because for all the success that they had, it really has been about the GM. Yes, they had the draft, but weren't really able to do a whole lot during the course of the regular season because of the cap situation that they walked into. And, and that kind of leads into why this season has been uh, so incredible and so unexpected for the Giants. It's not very, very often anyone takes over an organization that has gone through the last five years like the Giants have, take it over, don't make a, a, a massive amount of changes, basically keep the same team and go out there and almost double the win total from the year before. And it's going to, the, the, the going from, and I've always said, people always agree that you, when you take over a bad organization, going from four or five wins to eight or nine wins, that's kind of the easy part. That's kind of the, the, the start of it. Each climb up the mountain is going to become tougher and tougher. And you'd have to also think with the amount of coaching vacancies that they're going to be this year, it would not be a surprise at all if Mike Kafka's name gets thrown out there. It's already been kind of thrown out there. And Wink Martindale is another guy who has made it clear in the past that, you know, he would like to get a shot at, at being a head coach at some point. I think he's 59 years old, has done a masterful job coming in here this first year. So, I mean, these are the type of things when you have success, you know, you're, it's a very much a copycat league and people are going to be looking at the Giants because the, the turnaround that they've had this year has been absolutely amazing. And there's no reason that the turnaround is, uh, that ends tomorrow. It's a very good chance the Giants go out there and win a game. And then as much as those guys might be in demand now, they'll be even more in demand moving forward. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Tomorrow great day for giant fans tomorrow really great day for nfl fans if you like sitting on the couch sitting down at one o'clock and watching the first games watching the second games watching the sunday night game tomorrow's like one of your last chances to to really kind of do that a full day of football doesn't get much better than that especially when it's really turned cold here in the last couple of days but tomorrow's not a great day for everybody Tomorrow is going to be a very difficult day. Has to be for New York Jet fans. To sit down, your team's not playing. 
a team that you share the building with is playing, it's got to be tough. It's got to be difficult. So let's get into the Jets a little bit because they, the Giants have had a very interesting week, for sure. The Jets, kind of an interesting week as well. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. And, oh man, what a show we have lined up for you today. In the words, in the immortal words of Isaiah Thomas, I think it was 2004. Welcome to the playoffs. Welcome to the playoffs. Hopefully, the Giants stay in the playoffs. will be far longer than that Knicks team. I think they got swept. That wasn't that the year they got swept by the, the Nets in four games. But yes, it is wild card weekend. The excitement for the playoffs is here. Big weekend. And really, these weekends are starting to dwindle down. Like after this weekend, we have what? Like seven games left, right? In the NFL playoffs. That's it. Seven games after this weekend. But this weekend, you got to live in the moment, right? You can't can't be looking forward. You can't be looking back. This is the weekend to do it. So we got to enjoy it while we can. Of course, we'll have a full, you know, like NFL show lined up for today. All the different matchups, the games today, the games tomorrow, the, the, the game on Monday night as well. Uh, but look, it's Giants-Vikings, right? This is what you've been waiting for. This is what you've been looking forward to. And of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. You can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. You can find me on TikTok at Old Man Radio. But most importantly, you can find me on your radio right here until 6.30 tonight, Islanders and Canadians pregame. But of course... We will have our NFL picks for the weekend. What NFL picks you at? You might ask. The most accurate NFL picks of any host on this entire station. So we'll do that at 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock. You know what that means on a Saturday. It is what I've learned on TikTok this week. Both uh, Jacob and Chantel going to be in the hot seat again today. So, look, we got so much to get into. The Knicks win last night. Another blown lead, but another win. You can't complain about blown leads if they're winning games. Uh, since we were here on the last Saturday, the Carlos Correa thing finally had a resolution and uh, have some thoughts on that. Have some other NFL talk stuff, you know, the Justin Fields trade rumors. I got a rant about my miserable football team who can just consist. They can ruin everything. They are a toxic personality. But we'll save that for a little bit later. Let's start with the Giants because, as I said, their time is here. This is their stage. And for all the great games that you're kind of hoping for in wildcard weekend with just a smorgasbord of games, Giants-Vikings might very well be the game of the weekend. It's not like you have all that many possibilities, right? Like, I think the Chargers-Jags, I think that's going to be a competitive game, but I, I don't really have a whole lot of hope for the, the Niners and Seahawks. I might have a little earlier in the week when the reports were it was going to be rainy and cold and windy and all that type of stuff, but it looks like from the pictures I've seen today and the video I've seen today, it looks pretty nice out in San Francisco, so it's kind of hard to, to look at Seahawks and Niners and think to yourself, oh boy, that's going to be a super competitive game. Uh, you got the Chargers-Jaguars today, you got the Giants and Vikings tomorrow, and then you have the Cowboys-Bucks Monday night. But that's pretty much it in terms of competitive games. Like, I don't expect Seahawks-Niners to be competitive. I don't really expect Ravens-Bengals to be that competitive. And I certainly don't think the Dolphins build. Let me put it this way. If the Dolphins were to beat the Bills, you'd have to say that would be the greatest upset in the history of the NFL playoffs. I'm sorry, Jets Super Bowl three would have to move over. 
winning with a third-string quarterback on the road against the team that could very well have been the number one seed. Uh, I'm sorry, that would have to, a 13-and-a-half point underdog, I'm sorry. In this day and age, that would have to be the greatest upset in the history of the NFL playoffs. But look, Giants-Vikings should be fantastic. And what's great about this is not just that the Giants are here and, and the excitement of playing a playoff game, it really doesn't feel like the, the end of the run for the Giants. Now, look, it's one game. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. Giants did play the Vikings less than a month ago, and they did lose that game. I think sometimes we kind of forget that. But it really feels like the Giants are going to go and win this game because here's the thing. More so than anything, I can say this as an outsider because I'm not a Giant fan. God loves the Giants. I don't know how. I don't know why. I don't know how. But the, God loves the Giants. Things always kind of work out for the Giants. And I know you can say, oh, wow. But Gordon, last five years, it's been brutal. Five years. Five years for a team to struggle. That's the blink of an eye. That's not. Go ask Jet fans about five years. Go ask Brown fans about five years. Go ask a team that has really been down for a while. Five years. That goes by like that. Snap of a finger. So God loves the Giants. They got perhaps the best opponent, right? Like if you have to play on the road in this year's playoffs, who do you want to play? Do you want to play the Niners? I don't. Do you want forget about even conference? You want to go play the Bengals? I don't. You want to go play the Bills? No. Vikings? There you go. I'll take them. Because if you can't win the division and you have to go on the road, the Vikings are the team that you would want to play because I mean, let's be honest, we all pointed it out all season long. Vikings are kind of a fraud team. You should have beaten them the first time. They are a beatable team. They have a defense that is not very good. It's a defense that you can move the ball up and down the field. Now we saw that in the first game. They have a quarterback that really nobody believes in. You're, you're pretty much 100% healthy. And we'd have to be honest. Like, have you heard anybody this week say that the Giants are going to lose this game? That they expect the Giants... Everyone I hear is picking the Giants. Everyone I've heard from, from, from fans, which you would expect, from not even Giant fans, from media, from local media to national, everyone I see, everywhere I go, everybody's picking the Giants. Now, partly I think that is a residue of the Giant season, but I think it's mostly because the, nobody believes in the Vikings. So you're playing a team that you almost beat a month ago, and again, again, keep in mind, you lost that game on a 61-yard field goal. You were down 10-0 almost right away. You were down 8 in the fourth quarter. And you still, you know, lost it on, I can't even say a makeable field, but he made the field goal, 61-yard field goal. Unbelievable. A game that very well could have went to overtime. Who knows how that plays out. So you could not ask for a better spot for the Giants. So a question that has kind of come up this week is, is this game kind of like house money for the Giants, right? After the season that they had, the miraculous season that they've had, a season that nobody, and even the most optimistic Giant fan, would not have said before the season that I expect them to, you know, go to the playoffs and, and very, you know, very possibly even win a playoff. Run. And here's the thing. If you could find somebody who said that, I'm, I'm betting that those people say that every single year. They always think that they're going to be, oh, no, you know what I think? They're going to be better than, no. So nobody who is, 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 is living here on planet Earth thought that the Giants were going to have this kind of season. And even if they were to go out tomorrow and lose the game, 
you would be disappointed. It would be, you know, it, it would be tough to take because you do feel like this is a winnable game and not knowing how the game plays out, you would be disappointed. There's no question about it. But there's no, almost no scenario that the Giants go and if even if they were to lose the game tomorrow where you would look back and say, ah, season was a waste. Ah, this season was a huge, you know, failure, disappointment, any of that. So the question is, is this house money for the Giants? And the thing is, no, of course not. <laughs> it, can't, it can't be house money if everybody expects you to win. You're going up against a team that's very beatable. And, and the main thing is there are no house money games in the playoffs. But you would have to say this is about as close as you will ever get. This is about as close as any team will ever get. For the Giants to do this, not just do it, but do it in year one. After taking over, you know, the, the new regime coming in and, and not really making any significant changes, that when you do that in year one, however it ends, you immediately are going to think back, well, you know, A, we never expected to be here. And more importantly, you're going to automatically start thinking ahead. You're already going to start to envision where you're going. Hey, if we could do this in year one, Think about what we can do when we can actually make some changes, right? Like outside of the draft last year, Giants' hands were kind of tied. So, yeah, no, this is it's not a it's not a house money kind of game, but it's about as close as you could really ever have. And the only reason why it's not even closer is because, again, is there anyone anywhere who does not expect? Well, let's put it this way: even if you don't think the Giants are going to win the game, everybody expects that this is going to be a close game. It's going to go down to the wire because that's what the Giants play. That's what the Vikings play. Now, the Vikings have done an amazing job of being able to pull out these games. They win the close ones or they just get uh, you know, destroyed. They get blown out. And whenever the Vikings do e- exit the playoffs, it'll almost certainly come as a blowout. And I don't expect that the Giants are going to be able to do that tomorrow. You know, Giants are not generally a team that blows you out. They're a team that keeps the games close, makes an adjustment or two at halftime, and then in the fourth quarter, they out-execute the other team. That's how, that's their, that has been their, uh, their game plan all season long, and it's worked pretty well. So that's kind of what I would expect tomorrow. And I do expect that the Giants are going to be able to go in there and and be able to out-execute the Vikings down the stretch of games. Again, it's hard to have a lot of confidence, even in a team at home, even with a team that when you take a look at the skill positions, right? You look look at the names on both sides, you know, between the Giants and the Vikings. The, The Vikings have, you know, a lot of, you know, Justin Jefferson, obviously, Thalen's a big a big-time player. Dalvin Cook is a good player. Uh, Hawkinson has been very good, certainly was was huge the last time you played. And, you know, Giants, I mean, throughout the course of the season, a lot of times we were finding out who's on the team. Who's this guy? Who's that guy, right? Outside of, outside of um, you know, maybe Bellinger at the beginning of the year or Saquon, obviously, or Daniel Jones. So you take a look at the stars on either side, you would say, well, look, the, the Vikings – but they have a terrible defense, a defense that you can move the ball at will against, a team that is, is, is not very good on that side of the ball, and an offense led by a quarterback nobody believes in. And it's a team that it seems like nobody believes in. So the Giants have had this miracle season, and I don't see any reason why it's going to end tomorrow. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. So Giant fans, get on board we got a lot to break down about this game. If you're, look, there are no negatives about this giant season. There are no negative, no matter how the game ends tomorrow, unless they lose like 500 to nothing and Daniel Jones throws seven interceptions, which you don't expect to happen. 
But no matter how the game ends tomorrow, short of something like that, losing by 100 points, there are no negatives about this Giants season. The, well, the only one negative about this season would be something moving forward, and we'll get into that coming up. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Let's go out to uh, let's see, Ira's in Staten Island. Ira, what's going on, my man? Hey, what's happening, Gordon? And, uh, yeah, you might be the most accurate uh, predictor, but you got last week wrong. Yeah, I got last week wrong with the Jets. Thank God. Thank God I did. I mean, it wasn't exactly like I got it wrong by a lot, though. I mean, it was hanging in the balance there, Ira. That was one of the most – that was probably one of the worst NFL games. It's oh, right up there. It was yeah. boring just – Boring it, to it watch. Set, yep. NFL, it set football back 100 years. You know, you're but, sitting there watching it, and as a Dolphin, you know, Jets don't have anything to play for, but as a Dolphin fan there, I'm sitting saying, just can you make a play? Can you make me a, give me a play that I can be excited about? And there really were never, even though they won the game, there were not really any plays to ever really get you excited in that game. It was, it was rough. No, it was crazy, crazy. But, you know, we'll see what happens with you tomorrow. But, you know, <laughs> I think a, we know. A, I think we know. I know. I'm just, I'm just being kind. I'm not going there. I appreciate that. But, you know, as, as a Jet fan, listen, I'm jealous of the Giants. And, you know, I, it, it's going to be hard sitting watching them tomorrow because yeah, I can't even say that the Jets are a better team right now because they have no offensive line, they have no quarterback. I still have concerns about the head coach. And, and the Giants, in one year, you know, it, it just shows you, like you just mentioned before, what coaching does. You know, yeah. you take a quarterback that you're ready to dump. He turns around the quarterback. He, he gets players to uh, outperform what they're, they're able to do. He's got a good system in place. And then that's why they're playing tomorrow. As for the Jets, you know, Douglas is going into, I think, his fourth year. The Salah's going into his third year. And they got more holes going into next year than they did last year. We don't have a quarterback. We have no offensive line. And now you have to first go get an offensive coordinator and probably a, a complete new offensive staff. Yeah, well, last year, and, and Ira, thanks for the phone call. Yeah, I mean, look, you would have to say last year was about kind of fixing the defense. Uh, this year, in one year, they have to fix the offense. Uh, I mean, it's crystal clear what the uh, the mission statement is. And obviously, Woody Johnson came out this week and said there is no playoff mandate. You don't have to say it because we all already know it. I mean, there were already conversations. When they wrapped up the season the way they did, there were already questions about the coach. So if, if you go another year, without making the playoffs next year, it's not even going to be a question. There will be a different head coach for the New York Jets. So, yeah, there's, there's definitely a playoff mandate, and there's a lot of whole – I mean, it, it almost feels – it's weird with the Jets in that it, it seems like a lot of the focus is on Robert Sala. And, and rightfully so. He's the head coach. It's a coaching league, as we all mentioned. The, the focus really has got to be on the GM. I mean, when you're a GM in the NFL, you got to pick the coach, you got to pick the quarterback. And you don't have answers about either of them. And, well, you have, you have some answers about the quarterback in that you need a quarterback. You, you don't have one right now on your roster. We don't know about the coach. Maybe he's good. I don't know. Um, the, the, the last month of the season was not exactly a lot of – not a lot of bullet points on the resume from that last week of the regular season. But you, you need to – you've got to find a quarterback. You still have questions about the coach. And, and the, what was the biggest thing coming in was fixing the offensive line. And here we are going into year four, and we're still talking about the offensive line. And, again, it's not like the, 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 the Jets just haven't been able to, to, to make moves in that area. They've made moves in that area. They've drafted people. They've signed people. They've traded for people. And yet we're still talking about the offensive line. It is a bit of a mess. No question about that. 
No question about that. Thomas is in West Orange. Thomas, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. What's up, brother? How are you? I'm good, Thomas. What's going on, man? Great, man. Just a huge Giants fan. Uh, really excited about the game tomorrow. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, uh, you know, I was on the, the, the mindset of Daniel Jones, get rid of him, we're done with him. He's over, but now I'm thinking, well, could he be one of the, the next, like, Josh Allen where, you know, he takes a turn and, you know, he's okay for a couple of years, and then next thing you know, Josh Allen's now lights out, you know? Um, so I was wondering, like, man, is this – could this be – if this guy gets a win tomorrow, is, are, are we seeing the next Josh Allen? Like, do we have that in, in you know, in Daniel Jones? Well, look, I mean, I, I think that Jones has gone this year, and thanks for the phone call, Thomas, that has, has proved a lot of the naysayers wrong, uh, myself included. I did not think that he could play at this high of a level, but you talk about Josh Allen. One of the things that really brought Josh Allen to the next level was the trade for Stephon Diggs. So this offseason, the Giants, you know, without knowing how tomorrow's going to go, um, they have to go out there and, and find that level of playmaker to take this offense to the next level. What they've been able to do with this offense this year has been absolutely incredible. I don't know if it's a long-term sign of success. So, yeah, you're going to have to upgrade that position. you got the resources to do it, and you'll have to figure it out then. I don't think that Daniel Jones is going to be in the conversation as the best quarterback in the NFL. But, I mean, coming from where he has – that, to me, is um, the harder part of it. Going from where he is now to where, you know, that would be part of the conversation with how efficient he has been with the, the skill position players that he's had. Uh, that, uh, that's pretty impressive what he's done already. So go out there, get the guy some weapons this offseason, and then we can have the conversation for sure. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. 